60% of the American population today has autoimmune disorders. Your body is beating itself up because of guilt and shame. It creates autoimmune disorders. You've been built on a system that doesn't work. You have two parts of your system. You have this thing called a parasympathetic system. You have something called a sympathetic system. And now it may seem basic, but now if I translate this to your psychology, how many people are always trying to be happy? Yeah. Or how many people have been trying to, you know, you're always kind, you're always nice, you're always happy, trying to make everyone feel good, don't make anyone feel bad. Yeah, a lot of people do that. And right, and what happens is this, is when you try and do that, you now get stuck in a system where you're trying to be happy all the time, trying to be, make people feel good. But it's not reality. Nobody is 100% one side. And so those of us who are trying to create these psychological delusions around this idea that we're always happy, always going to be feeling good and make everybody happy around us, we create two primary emotions, three secondary emotions. Let me go through what they are. The primary emotions that we talk about are the emotions of pride and shame. Now watch this. I'll give you an example of this, right? Pride and shame. Two sources of things. When you hit a goal and you achieve something and you set something down as a goal, how many people have hit, wrote down something down as a goal and actually achieved it? And when you did, what happened? Were you like, yes, I achieved it. I did it. And you felt prideful in that state. When you didn't achieve that thing that you wrote down, you put this thing and you said, hey, I don't feel as good and I feel shame because of that. Does that make sense? I set a goal, I wanted to be somewhere, I wanted to do something, I wanted to achieve more money and you only want financial abundance in the future because you have guilt of it in the past of not having it. And so you look at it and say, well, I've got this shame. And these two primary emotions are towards yourself. And most people oscillate. We oscillate, as human beings, we oscillate between these emotions. Now, hang on, hang on, wait a minute. We're not done yet. Pride, you're going to put under the parasympathetic here. And shame, you're going to put under the sympathetic. And you're going to have these two sides of yourself always navigating the game of life. You set a goal you achieve, I feel good. I set a goal I don't achieve, I feel bad. You also have secondary emotions inside this which are pride to others, um, guilt, and uh, resentment. I'll give you an example of each of these, right? When you have pride towards someone else, you say, look what I did for you. We do this as parents. We sit and say, hey, this is what I did for you. That's a state of pride, not a state of love. It's a state of pride. Or when we do this for our employees or teammates, we sit and say, hey, you know what? I gave you this opportunity. I, this is what we do. Guilt is when you think you hurt somebody, right? As a mother or father, I'm sure at some point we've experienced both of these, right? When we're prideful, you did it for them. When we're shameful or guiltful, we did it and we feel like we hurt them. But for all of us, we shouldn't say, I feel bad that I punished my child or I feel bad that they got bad grades. Well, that's guilt. Resentment, that's a dangerous one. Resentment is a dangerous one. This is where you feel angry at somebody else. This is where you get pissed off at someone else. Maybe yourself, maybe the universe. And then we, what we do in this is we hold ourselves down in victimhood. 
Resentment leads to victimhood. Now you sit and say, well, wait a minute. Okay, hold on. Hold on, Dr. Trevetti. What you're saying is this, is that pride, guilt, and resentment are leading us to a state of victimhood. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. So how does someone expect to live inspired and empowered if they're constantly holding on to this in a state of victimhood? They can't. So how do you heal yourself when you're in these emotions? You can't. Because if I said to you, look, I'll teach you how to set a goal, and you write a goal, and you go and you leave. You, you set the goal. Fine. Fantastic. Are these emotions going to change? No. New goals doesn't mean anything. New foundations doesn't mean anything. You have to be a different person because most people will tell you how to use your brain from strategy. And I call that logic, right? Simply logic. It's just a logical system, a logical path that people use and say, if I have logic, I can answer everything. And they say work is good for, or excuse me, business strategy is important. 100%. I'm not disagreeing with that. Emotions are the feeling centers of the body. This is intellectual, and this is feeling-centered, which is the body inside this. If you just do one and you don't do the other, is it going to help you integrate and heal your life? No. It's not. It's not. This is why for so many people they don't realize is that if you just think differently, it's not enough. It's not enough. If you just feel differently, that's not enough either. You have to have the mind and the body come together and integrate between the two. Because the mind-body connection is real. It's completely real. We know this as a fact. Serotonin is a feel-good neurotransmitter. The most amount of serotonin produced in your body is in your stomach based on your diet. But based on your diet, it affects then how you feel. It's going to release the serotonin into your brain. Now here's the interesting thing, is that people think that serotonin is just in your brain. It's not. Is that if the brain and the body are out of sync and we feel sad, you felt sad, you ate sugars into your stomach, and that stomach, the sugar then destroyed the actual lining of the stomach where the serotonin is made. And so therefore, what you do, and not realize it, is that you are actually building your own depression by what you eat. Because what you eat is determined by how you feel. If you felt sad, I need something to make me feel better. You're going to look towards sugars. You're going to look towards alcohol. You're going to look towards... Um, sugar, drugs, sex, anything that's a dopamine driver is going to make you do that. And you're always going to sit and say, hey, look, I feel better about it. Right? The holidays are a great time. Everyone sits and says, you know what? I've, it's the holidays. It's okay. Time to enjoy. Let it go. Have more sugar. Have more cookies. And what happens? People feel like hell during the holidays, don't they? They feel like hell. It's like, um, why do we choose to feel like hell? It makes no sense. But we become too prideful or shameful and then whatever is going on inside of our head is what we'll eat. And what we'll eat will then affect our system. Your mind and your body intersect and are connected by how you move and how you feel. 
I love it when people come to my programs. And I used to do this in my practice all the time, too. People wouldn't say it. I'd have elderly people come into my practice, and I used to play Michael Jackson and dance music and all that. And people would sit and say, well, Dr. Trevetti, if you play this music, I'm going to have to leave your practice and go somewhere that's more calm and relaxing. I'd say, well, go. Be my guest. You can leave. Because I'm not interested in changing that. Because as this heart contracts, and you actually expand and contract this heart, you have a neural chemical that goes from here to the brain and goes past what's called the blood-brain barrier and allows the brain to actually feel better and release serotonin inside of it. So what that means is this, is that if you don't move and you don't feel good, you are literally causing your brain to deteriorate and not function correctly. And it's giving you the depression as a feedback to wake you up. Now, what's interesting is that as this goes through, it now makes you feel better as your heart. So this whole idea that mental health is not related to the body, it's a very blind way to look at health. It's not true. When you do that and you start feeling good, what happens to your anxiety? Vanishes. What happens to your depression? Vanishes. What happens to the way that you actually function and think on a day-to-day -day basis? It becomes better. Now, why this is important is this, is because if you're holding on to any of these emotions, you now have a psychological component as well involved inside of your physiological component, which is the body. Now, to go back and understand this, how we think is determined by how we feel. Because these are feelings here. But how we think also is a factor. If you set a goal that let's say you want to make a million dollars, and maybe that goal is too big for some of you, maybe it's not, maybe it's just, it doesn't matter the goal. It doesn't matter what the goal is. It just says that's the number, right? Let's say whatever it is you want to put. You say, I want to set a goal for this much, fantastic. And you put it on your vision boards, and you plan it out, and you put your resolutions together, and you realize, oh shit, that means I'm gonna have to work. Oh damn, I'm gonna have to put strategy together behind this. I'm gonna have to do things to make this thing happen. And you try, but it doesn't work, it becomes hard. And you sit and say, you know what? It's not in your values, so I'm just not gonna do it. So you say, you know what? I'm gonna drop it. This inside of here, because the only reason you set that goal is because you, thought that achieving it would feel good. Isn't that true? You thought that achieving that goal would feel good. So hitting a million dollars, that's going to feel good. I remember when I made my first million dollars in practice. I was like, oh my God, I hit a million dollars. Then I hit depression for the next two years. I saw 1,250 patient visits a week. And I had the biggest practice in the country. And then I had depression after that. I was like, oh my God, what do I do next? Because this regulates dopamine. And we get this rush for dopamine, we makes us want more. Makes us want more. It makes us want to chase success, which is why I wrote the book called Chasing Success. So when your dopamine goes up and you keep chasing it, when you don't achieve it, this would give you pride, but when you don't achieve it, it goes down two times the dopamine level in shame. So dopamine drops down twice below inside of this. So two times below normal levels, okay? What does that mean? What does this state create? Shame, guilt, 
depression, anxiety, all of that sits in there. Set big goals. Do you see how it's creating your own psychological chaos? It's creating your own psychological chaos. Now I said to you earlier, stay with me, I said to you earlier that if your body is beating itself up because of guilt and shame, it creates autoimmune disorders. 60% of the American population today has autoimmune disorders. 60%. Now I want you to just gather that for yourself what that means. That means that that's one of you, guaranteed. That's many of you who have an autoimmune disorder because of the way that you've been living. Not because you're a bad person. Not because you're not a good-hearted person. Not because you don't care. It's because you've been built on a system that doesn't work. It's incorrect based on our neurology. And that's great for all those people that have come before us. And I love them. And I, and, and, and I want to acknowledge them for who they are, right? But at the same token, we also have to realize that we have more information, more science, more neurology, more evidence today to understand how the brain works than ever before. So now you look at it and say, oh, I'm two times below. And when you feel lousy, you're now going to lean towards sugars, dopamine, or uh, alcohol, cigarettes, nicotine, sex addiction. But to make yourself feel better when you set your goals, you're going to say, here's, watch this. You're going to go twice as high up to balance out the imbalance that's below. Twice the level you'll set that, you'll say, you know what? It won't be a million. I'll do two million. I'll make it up next year because I lost time the year before. I'm going to make it up. And does anybody ever make it up? Nope. And then they play this yo-yo of life. What happens to someone's health in this cycle? It deteriorates. And then eventually leads to high blood pressure, right? Leads to autoimmune disorders, leads to stomach problems, leads to exhaustion is completely there. So you now destroy your system because you haven't set things right neurologically in your health, your wealth, in your relationships. Because you're built on these past, what I call root experiences, holding you back. And these root experiences are the things that are destroying you. And these root experiences are things that you've held on to in your past of your life, whether or not your past life, but the earlier part of life, five years ago, 10 years ago. If you've ever been through a divorce, if you've ever been through a financial challenge, ever been through it in business, or ever had a customer, anything that we have creates these types of things. So an individual that's looking at their life, trying to grow their life, trying to build their life, but they're holding on to these past root experiences, can you see that that's going to create them to continue this yo-yo cycle versus truly live who they are? So how do we move through this? How, what do you do? We're going to go through and we're going to rewire this going to the root experiences and rewiring it and heal it so that you understand what your values are. You understand what your beliefs are. You understand your health. You understand your physiology. You understand your psychology so that you can actually grow and become who you were designed to be. And I don't know about you, but when I figured that out for myself, when I could figure out who I really am and what I really wanted to be and do, then it changes the way I lived. If you enjoy this episode, make sure you subscribe so you're notified when the next episode is posted. Rate, review, and share this podcast with someone you think will like it. 
And remember, you can always find the visual version of this podcast on my YouTube channel. Just search Dr. Rewired. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you at the next perfect time. Thanks a lot.